0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Doltmeyer Radio. We are here live in the Doltmeyer studios with Nathan Soshek, and I am excited to have you here, Nathan. Good to be here. So just a, a little bit of background. Nathan and I are pretty close because here at Doltmeyer, he's just my neighbor right across the lane over here. So I'm really excited to have him. And we have great conversations. We've gone to a Husker Harvest together. Yep. We had a burger out there. They had some good burgers out there. outside. you around what.
1: for a bit. Yeah, it was.
0: You it was, know, we'll jump into some of that Husker Harvest days. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to kind of discuss in the world, right? But most importantly, what's happening in harvest and get ready for planting season. What I'll first do before we dive into all that nice, perfect content, let's just get to know Nathan a little bit more. I know he grew up on a farm, right? That's right, yeah. He's a hard worker, obviously. And just share a little bit more, man. Like, how'd you get here?
1: You know, that's an interesting story, uh, at least to me. I grew up, as you said, on a farm. I was the oldest of six outside of Wahoo, Nebraska. So nice little homestead with my family there. And, you know, I went to school actually for English creative writing, UNK here in Nebraska. And after that, I kind of had a few different jobs. I worked at a pork pack packing plant. Okay. Then I went and became a little bit closer to where my degree was. I was a senior copywriter for online retail store. And then uh, inevitably, I wound up back in the agricultural industry here at Doltmeyer two years ago.
0: Yeah, and uh, Nathan handles quite a bit of different lines here for us, right? So how many different lines of uh, vendors are you?
1: Just under 90.
0: Just under 90. (laughs) He's managing all that, you guys. Isn't that something? Nathan's got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to product and obviously agricultural business because he's been around it since he was. A kid, right? Why don't you just dive in a little bit here, Nathan, and, and kind of just share with all of us, you know, what was life back in the farm? <laughs> I don't
1: know where to start. Again, being the oldest, I've been working on the farm basically since I was 10, driving tractors, helping my dad and grandpa out there. At the time, we were pretty diversified. We had crops, soybeans, corn, alfalfa, wheat, those other types of grain crops. We also have cattle, and we used to raise hogs as well. So kind of like Scott said in the first episode, my weekends were kind of spent scooping out hog barns.
0: Um, (laughs) But uh, dad's still on the farm, right? You're out there every once in a while helping them out, especially during harvest time, yeah,
1: right? Absolutely. Right. This time of year, uh, you know, I was just out there this past weekend helping him uh, kind of get harvest underway. You know, we're just about done with soybeans and we'll move on to corn here uh, if he hasn't already this week and kind of just keep on going while the weather is, is good.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty nice for the next couple weeks. So, I, yeah. you know, you'll be working. But you guys are going to go to Kansas City this weekend. So, you I are. mean, you're yeah. going to take a dad's going to be calling another five. <laughs> That's exactly
1: right. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, four other brothers and my sister is still at home. So uh, there should be at least a few hands there to help him out with, uh, you know, putting the grain away and, and and whatnot.
0: Yeah. You know, I think just looking at those yields that might be coming in this year, mm-hmm. it looks like some of these guys are going to have a good year, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been great weather.
1: I mean, we had quite a bit of moisture through the summer, you know, maybe not at the most opportune times, but from what my dad has said and from neighbors from back home, they're looking at pretty good yields. That's a good thing for the whole industry.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the industry, I got to get your take. I had kind of always ask the state of the union of agriculture and kind of get your everyone's input on their thoughts on where it's at and, and where it's headed if you don't mind just share a little bit of insight on where it's at now and, and what do you think is going to happen next year
1: you know we're in year two of this weird time of the world with the agriculture and the covid uh, pandemic still kind of challenging a lot of areas of things right now i think you know if you look back at 2020 agriculture was you know one of those areas where nothing really changed i mean everybody was outside they were still working you're still able to get parts uh, pretty readily and, and kind of just, you went on with your life. It didn't shut down. And as we both know, agriculture rarely shuts down for anything. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's 365, regardless of what sort of operation you're at. Exactly. You're going all the time. And here, now in 2021, we're still seeing more of the same. I mean, guys are still going regardless of what sort of challenges they're facing. Fortunately, this year, we're seeing a lot more of those supply chain interruptions exactly. where parts are seriously behind. Vendors are struggling to get the raw materials and things along that line. And I think that's unfortunately going to continue, just speaking kind of with some of my vendors, even into next spring and, and even hopefully not, but even into 2023.
0: Yeah, I think that supply chain, we've discussed this in the show. I mean, that's just kind of the situation that's happening now, not even just agriculture, it's just in, in general. In general but, you know, yeah. there's so much uh, strain that's happening on the supply chains. What we're trying to do at Doltmire right now is try to give our customers that heads up of, hey, what you're looking for might not be around next year. Right. So you've got to take a little bit of a more proactive approach. Approach, right
1: absolutely yeah
0: What are your thoughts on that supply chain issues and the shortages that we're seeing with workers? Jim mentioned the last show about the strain in in workers out there in the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, your dad's got six kids, so he's got some help over there, right? But like, what's this impact do you think is going to start labor crunch, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Right. Again, it's interesting to watch agriculture kind of adapt to those labor shortages, those challenges on the supply chain. You and I were just at uh, Husker Harvest Days a couple weeks ago, and I think Jim even mention it, those cabless drivers, you know, it's they crazy. have the, the tractors that you can remote control from the combine, you know, if you don't have a hired hand to drive the tractor and wagon right next to you through the field. And, yeah. and of course, that kind of gives you a, a second set of, of hands when you don't actually have it. So I think people are starting to recognize that good help is hard to come by, even especially more so these days. And uh, the agricultural industry has is, is been adapting to those for, I'd say, several, several years now. You're seeing a lot less family farms like mine, where sure lot of kids stayed on the farm or at least uh, more frequent visits back there to help out dad or grandpa or whatever. I um, you're seeing a lot of those family farms kind of go to the wayside. You're sure. seeing a lot larger farm operations take their place and uh, that comes with, you know, it's goods and it's bads. Um, yeah, and there's a
0: lot of consolidation that's happening. Right. Those I was just reading an article on that and that's something that uh, possibly could be concerning. You know yep. what I mean? And just looking at that, uh, you know, what you touched on as far as having uh, good help is hard to find, right? That shortage, I mean, and that's real. In fact, you know, going into current events, right, we're touching home on a little bit, but John Deere, remember, we, we talked yeah. about that for a little bit. They're going on strike. There's about 10,000 of them. And, yeah. and like you said, your your brother, not one of those people who went on strike, but he works for for John right. Deere, right? So, right.
1: yeah, it, it's crazy to think, again, where we're at this year after, you know, kind of thinking there was so much promise from last year 2020 and, and everything that we had to go through as a society uh, as an industry and we're thinking okay yeah 2021 we're gonna hit the ground running it's gonna be over we're gonna keep moving forward at a, at a breakneck pace and then of course this year we're, we're seeing new challenges prop up and that's difficult to deal with in real time but there's no other way to do it you can't often go around it you have to go through it to get through it
0: yeah i mean I, that's one of those things where I, I don't think it's going to be the only or like the first we're gonna see more companies mm-hmm. that are going to have to figure out how to balance their balance sheets and keep their employees happy. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't want to try to fix that problem. That's a, that's no, a problem. No, it's <laughs> not. Not one we want to keep uh,
1: at the front of our uh, to-do list here.
0: Let's start talking a little bit about some of these lines that, I mean, we're just under a hundred lines that you're managing now. There's definitely some product that you're well aware of might excite you. There's some probably some products that, that you probably shared with dad, like Like, hey, man, like you to pick this up dad you know what i mean so maybe give us some product lines i've been dealing with and
1: yeah uh you know again as drew mentioned i handle just shy of 100 lines right now and that that varies from anything from your spray tips your valves uh, for liquid fertilizer or anhydrous your nh3 knives and products in that realm Um, but also kind of uh, as as we're seeing the industry grow and mature days kind of transitioning from that small mom and pop farm to more of the large Larger, maybe corporate farming operations, more of the precision ag applications. And I've had a hand in, in setting up systems here at Daltmeyer uh, that's right. yeah, um, exactly. that are geared towards that. You know, Daltmeyer is, has had a long history of providing customers uh, in the ag market products. And just because they've had a long history doesn't mean they're an old company. We are continually trying to adapt, innovate, and bring on new products that our customers are going to want. So I think uh, Jim mentioned last week, we have this new precision system, the Titan 2, as well as the Hydra 5, electric and hydraulic uh, RAN precision fertilizer systems. So we're really excited about those. I've had a good hand in that and setting those up for this next year, this next season uh, for planting. So I think guys are really going to be excited to get their hands on those. Scott mentioned in the first episode, uh, the Wilger EFM system. Uh, That's another one that I handle here at Dolmeyer. And we're working to really improve our offerings, uh, not just kind of be the the manual switch like uh, some my dad, my dad still uses on the rate controllers and stuff like that. We're now going to more of an automated precision control system that can really optimize guys' costs and efficiency in the field.
0: Sure, and that's the thing that separates that line that's drawn, right, compared to what your dad has been using compared my dad's to what's... still been using, you, you know, know, tractors that are 50, <laughs> 60 years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it breaks I mean, down plenty of times. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, I think that to your point, right, like there's new systems that are in place in the technology now, more efficient, less waste, you know? Mm-hmm. And and you're able to, to track it, right? Like right. if there's a, a part of the field that isn't getting enough nutrients, you can identify that. Right.
1: Yeah. And especially ahead of the problem kind of showing itself. I mean, where my dad kind of operates, again, we're, we're a small operation, we're an older operation using older equipment. I mean, it, back then it was still mixing things in the sprayer by hand. It still is, you know, and if you miscalculate or something, you know, you're not going to know that you miscalculated on that post-emergence or pre-emergence until, you know, that crop comes up and it's a little bit yellower than you meant or you missed a, <laughs> or you missed a strip in the field with fertilizer or anhydrous or anything
0: like that. So. Yeah, well, I tell you, when Nathan and I, we drove up to Husker uh, Harvest Days, I have no background. I'd like to buy a farm one day, so if you're out there and you're selling a farm, please get in c- contact with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, Better make it two. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, but when we were out there, it was fun because we got to see like that Raven Omnibus. That, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We got to see the drones flying. We carried catalogs, by the way, from the parking lot all the way to the Doltmeyer booth. My arms are still (laughs) sore from that, Nathan, right? But we were there. I just recall that it was a good time because Nathan, obviously, I mean, knows his way around different places. I mean, he would walk around. There was people that, you know, they're like, hey, Nathan, you know, we got to see the America Bull. Remember that that, that steer, one million dollar steer, right? Like it was just a nice time to point out bins. And we, we had the discussion of guys filling the bins and Going back to the farm, you had to fill the bins, right? Like you're
1: out there jumping in there, putting the... Fill them out, yep. Level them off and, and filling them up after harvest. You know, filling them up is a lot easier than emptying them out oh, at the I end of <laughs> yeah. spring, you know, oh, yeah. and whatnot. There's plenty of days, you know, sweating my butt off in the bin. I can't <laughs> breathe with all the dust and whatnot, but you're scooping to get it out and, and to market. So.
0: Well, I got to ask you this question because my daughter, she's still three, got a popcorn kernel mm-hmm. up her nose. About a few months back, and we tried to, you know, maneuver mm-hmm trying to get that out. And it was just impossible, Mm -hmm. right? So she went to the doctors, the hospital, and they, you know, there was like three or four people and they they got that contraptions out and they're putting the thing in there and they got out. But they were saying to me, and this triggered the the bins, that, Mm in rural areas, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that happens yep. where, with kernels going yep. in ears and mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. in nose. I mean, uh, does that ring a bell at all? Yeah, you know,
1: it's never happened to me, exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, haven't haven't had that happen to me. But uh, yeah, it does happen. Bins and unloading at whatever time of year is a dangerous operation. I mean, most things are pretty dangerous on the farm if you're not careful, but... Yeah, uh, like you like
0: lost a kid or something like that, you know, like yeah. you're in the bin and all of a sudden they're down, just like, yeah. what happened? Like, did, did he just fell all the way down to the yep. bottom? just sink all the way down? Yeah,
1: just get get sucked down there. As the auger is unloading the bins, yeah, it'll pull you down. A full-grown man can just disappear
0: underneath there and suffocate. It's uh... dangerous times, yeah. We're not going to be playing in the bins anytime soon, (laughs) all right? So uh, yeah, Husker Harvest Day was good. We've got some other trade shows that are going to be happening this year. We've got the uh, Nebraska Ag Expo that comes in December. Mm -hmm. And then the Iowa Ag Expo that, I believe that's like January, February. I think February, yeah. And then the National Farm Show that that Mm -hmm. obviously is kicking off. So there's a lot of different things at these trade shows. Was there anything that popped out besides that $1 million steer America? (laughs) Was, you know, and walking around with the Filipino in the Husker Harvest. Was there anything like that? Just like, wait, what the heck was that? You know, like that caught your eye? You know, it's amazing to see. I hadn't been to Husker Harvest Days
1: in in almost a decade. Um, Oh, that's right. I remember that. uh, When I was there, it was like I was a kid in the candy shop, seeing all the the new equipment, the fancy big tractors and combines there to, you know, you could jump in there and, and, you know, look at all the switches and everything. So for me, it was just amazing to see how much the ag industry has grown from kind of where my folks operate. With again 50, 60-year-old tractors to now these tractors they have huge cabins, and, oh, yeah. and I mean you don't even have you have three different screens in front of you, and you can just hit a button and it'll change everything behind you. And I mean it's it's incredible to see those type of innovations and the, the equipment kind of come such oh, a long yeah. ways from what my grandpa and my dad and us we use in our situation. But I mean, you mentioned you know the drones. I mean, that still is amazing to me that you oh, know, yeah. we can spot spray, you know, a hundred acres or whatever by just setting up a drone and just going into that one one area of finding the weeds that are there and just and, and taking care of them That's you know, crazy. It, it's crazy it's there's no need for a big flotation sprayer to go through there and, and spray the entire field because now you can do uh, again kind of more spot spraying and be more efficient in that way exactly reduce your product cost and your fertilizer costs and, and all of that
0: with those drones i mean i i wouldn't trust my mom flying a drone you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure dad probably would need uh, a little more, (laughs) you know, flight, you know, a little bit more instruction. Yeah. I I guess the question that I got for you is, uh, do you think you'd need to like be certified to fly those things? You you know, there's, is there some sort of certification that you need to do? You know,
1: I I don't know how that would necessarily fall out. um, Whether this would kind of go to your, your custom spraying operations, primarily, you know, guys flying planes or doing your custom spraying on the ground and whatnot. Um, I'm sure those guys, would need to be certified but as far as like a grower necessarily I'm not sure if that just be kind of like anything else. You you buy a sprayer, you buy a drone, and you can spray it as you want. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how that all falls out. Um, but again, it, it's new technology that so much of the industry is looking ahead to. You know, we mentioned the Raven Omnibus deal that, again, can kind of be controlled from off your phone, cab, of another yeah, machine. Crazy. So I think, as you know, the ag industry is growing, and I think it's becoming much younger as well. So we're looking at greater technologies that... Like, you and I are much more comfortable operating than maybe our dad or our grandparents are. You know, that's completely foreign to them. But us, it's, you know, we've grown up with computers, with phones in our pockets all of our lives so exactly uh, to be able to use that technology in this way i think is going to be continuing yeah it's going to be a game changer for so many people
0: yeah and, you know going back into your days of helping on the farm and i remember when we were hospital days you were actually telling me that hey check out all these kids they were walking around with the big iron shirts right mm-hmm. and and the buckets and you know, we were, I was like, what are all these kids like? Oh, the future farmers of America, yeah. right? So yeah, like, FFA. yeah, those guys are out there, and but you're right, like most of them, you were saying, like most of these these guys were, they're going into the agriculture mm-hmm. business, and like you said, they're familiar with technology, they're familiar with how to fly a drone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. it'd be easier for them to do it rather than would they say the average farmer in their seventies is mm-hmm. that kind of what, you know? Yeah. I mean, my mom said that she wanted to be a pilot one day, and I, was, I looked at her like she was crazy. I was like, <laughs> I would never get in a plane with you, lady, ever. Famous Laura, Yeah, never. just just let her keep making the egg, egg rules, rolls, Exactly. Idea. That's what I said. You don't need to worry about any, flying any airplanes. Like, But letting her fly a drone? I mean, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what else can we talk about here, Nathan? I don't have too much else. I'm a pretty simple guy. I keep to myself.
1: I sit back in the office and just get my work done. And
0: uh, whenever somebody needs me, I'm right there. Nathan's a pretty dependable guy in, inside the office. I mean, he get a lot of people coming up to him uh, on a daily basis, asking him for help over there. But uh, yeah, I mean, we got the catalog that's coming up, right? Yeah. That'll be hitting the streets here pretty soon, beginning of Should the be year. Should be in
1: December or, or early January. That'll be sent out. So
0: right now, you're in the process of getting a lot of new products, new products, Pages Mm -hmm. into the catalogs. Yep, advertising manager has given me a deadline of next Friday's.
1: I have one more week to kind of get whatever I'm going to get into the catalog for 2022, and then everything else that I add it'll be 2023 in the print off catalogs. But uh, we're always adding new things to the website.
0: That is true. Um, There's more room in the website than there is in in the catalog. So
1: I've been told. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about supply chain and the shortages crunch. Mm-hmm. You've actually been in touch with some of your lines and they're giving you weeks, sometimes months, months yeah. right? Yeah. So I guess being in that day in, day out, what can you give in as far as advice for our listeners and what they can do? Obviously, they got to be be ready, mm-hmm. but what particular products and stuff that you've sure. been involved with? Yeah,
1: sure. You know, we, like everyone else in the world, it seems, uh, are facing great challenges in procuring. The items and products that our customers want um, this year—it seems to be anything with steel. We're having a, a hard time, kind of staying ahead of the ball game there with price increases. With procuring stainless steel clamps is a big one. Okay, uh, we ordered a, a year's worth of clamps. Get out um, of here! One year's worth. One whole year's worth of clamps, just to ensure that we have enough because the supply change in that regard is pretty volatile. Still, you know, a lot of companies oh. that we source steel from or, or iron, cast iron from—they're on allotments. So. Uh, Uh, That impacts, you know, stainless steel fittings, your forged steel fittings, your clamps. um, Anhydrous knives are another area where I operate uh, with all three of our anhydrous knife lines, uh, Shield Ag, WACO, and Hypro. So I've spent a good portion of my year thus far trying to stay ahead of the game and make sure that we're having the product on the shelves for guys. Um, Bottom line, are we going to have some knives? Yeah, we'll have two of the three in-house and and some of the other right now. Again, as Jim alluded to, some of the foundries over in China and Asia and whatnot are, are struggling to kind of get the product created, get shipped over here. So... We are running into some of those bottlenecks. Unfortunately, we're in the thick of anhydrous season here in the fall right now. But we're hoping that all of my efforts this summer, and we're going to have some for spring and a good amount of product, kind of cover whatever guys may need at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jim was saying last show that, uh, you know, a lot of the anhydrous, they don't know, right? right? Like
1: yeah. Yeah, and know, yeah, if you don't have anhydrous, it it really makes no difference if you have the knives or not. So <laughs> like. I mean, uh, yeah, if you don't have product to put down, you're probably not going to need a new set of knives.
0: But this is something that everyone's aware of. Everyone that's growing, they all know what's happening. Right, right now they're they're busy getting off, mm-hmm. you know, harvest and but as soon as they're done, I mean, they're laying down Yep. They're laying stuff down for next year already. So in their minds, they need to be absolutely be more proactive than they have even compared to last year, right?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. To get back to your question. Yeah. That would be the advice I give is, you know, if you know you're going to be needing something in spring, you know, February, March, April, May, consider ordering it now. That at least gives us here at Doltmeyer an idea of what sort of demand we're going to need, what sort of level of product we need to have on the shelves. You know, we're not going to claim to be perfect, but we're going to give you guys the best option and opportunity. Opportunity to, to serve your guys' needs when you need them.
0: Sure. Um, I mean, so. we've got two locations in Omaha and one in Davenport. Warehouse is full. We've got distribution <laughs> that's running all the time.
1: Yeah. Continually get, almost every day when I say I'm bringing in more product, uh, my I warehouse know, right? manager tells me, where are you putting it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're expanding the tank yard, right? No? I mean, and, and all of this is like what you said, is to be proactive in our approach because we know that there will be Mm -hmm. some issues coming up and trying to stay ahead of that. But I mean, let's just say you're a farmer Joe and Mm -hmm. uh, you're not necessarily, you're focused on the now, Mm -hmm. not so much what's happening in the future. What happens to Farmer Joe in season? I mean, you're right there and planting and something breaks down. What's Farmer Joe's options? I mean, for knives, right? Like I mean, what, what's he going to be able to do?
1: Yeah, again, it depends on what he's sort of running for an operation, what knife type he has on his implement. Again, I've worked to bring in a good, good stock. Um, So if we have it on the shelf, he's gonna be just fine. However, if he's wanting some different, you know, oddball size, if he's wanting something that, uh, unfortunately, we're facing long lead times, like you alluded to, of months, he may be SOL for that season. Um, You know, I think uh, we're going to see the innovation of guys through the breakdowns that, uh, you know, we're, we're facing right now. How can we get by? How can we weld something up? How can we fix things, place old worn parts back in there for the new stuff that broke? That's kind of what we're facing right now. If you have to go, you have to go. Fortunately, if you don't have the parts available to you or if you can't find them on the shelf somewhere, you're going to kind of have to, to make do. Yeah, um, you're going to have
0: to go into the kitchen. You're going to have right. to open up the uh, forks and knives <laughs> and you, out you go, man. There's the innovation yeah. right there, right?
1: I, I hope it doesn't come to that, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident about where we stand with an knives at this moment. Uh but you know it's it's been a weird year we're seeing incredible growth in, in all sectors. You know, it's it's a good season for the ag market. And uh, I think guys are are looking ahead to spring and seeing some of that same promise. So looking to expand, to maybe upgrade, I'd say do it now, sooner rather than later.
0: And in the background, just in case you guys are wondering, we're at the Doltmeyer Studios right now and there's some production that's going on over there. They're building some material. Obviously nothing but the best for our listeners. That's right. Right. That's right. It gave me some insight of 2022. What do you think is gonna happen next year? Nostradamus now like give me some <laughs> predictions of I mean, anything i think we're going to see a really strong planning
1: season given the fact that uh, this harvest season is going to be very productive for guys uh, you're going to see a lot of guys upgrade to new systems mm-hmm. uh, maybe take a chance at some of those new systems that they haven't necessarily given consideration to before maybe you're going from a manual switch controller to a more of a, a variable rate controller yeah. and, and up grading in that fashion, because you're trying to increase your efficiency, your cost effectiveness, and be more concise and precise with uh, what you're putting down in the field. So I think you're going to see a a gravitation towards more precision ag operations uh, where you haven't seen that given the price increases across the board on a lot of these items, fertilizer and hydrous, you know, cost of steel, all of this. I think you're going to see a lot more of people really consider, uh, how do I pinch those pennies a little bit closer than you have before?
0: You think grain prices will still be where they're at next year compared I to I think so. Again, I think the, the demand is there as
1: the world opens up. You're seeing more of the demand for grain exports and whatnot. Of course, that's always cyclical. You know, as grain prices go up, though, so to your your seed cost in, in spring, unfortunately. So, that's how it works, right? Um, yeah, everybody can see the opportunity out there to earn a little bit more. And, yeah, I think we're in for a great year ahead.
0: Yeah, I think that the only variable here that we don't know is climate. Right. Right? Looking back a couple of years, remember when all that flood and, right. and all the yeah. flooding happened? And th- then we had a pandemic. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's uh, on the horizon? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking frogs, you know, just yeah. falling from skies. And- <laughs> You know, I don't
1: know know if it's going to be as bad as that. Uh, I did see a report that it looks to be a pretty dry winter from what I had seen. So, you know, how that translates into spring, again, being a wet or a dry one, I'm not sure. I'm not going to speculate uh, about the weather.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, what's funny is I I, I did hear that that's kind of where people, when they speculate about, you know, future prices of, Mm -hmm, of grain. Right. It's tied directly to the, yeah. to the weather. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, that's, that's how it works, right? You're right, yeah. But I got to get your prediction because last week I had Jim talked a little bit more about football, his Huskers. I, I know you're a Husker fan. Yeah. And and this week we've got Minnesota. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on Nebraska football in general? Oh, I'm putting man. you on the spot here.
1: You are. You know, it's been a heartbreaking season. I think all of Nebraska has seen great promise with the program. But it seems like week in and week out we tend to uh, find new ways to give some heartburn that's to, to the team. And to the to the fans, so you know I'm hoping that this week we turn that corner again. We were really close last week against a, a very tough Michigan team. Um, and Minnesota, they've been us the last two years, so I'm hoping that this is the revenge year and we kind of give it to them up at their home field. Uh, so
0: yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that, but yeah. you know, again, we, I think we'd ever go against Nebraska unless <laughs> you know, even if we That's played right. Alabama or something. Like right, that. we're, we're still-
1: always going to root for, for yeah. our, our Husker red. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think we've got I mean, there's some promise. I think the teams look and like it's headed in the right direction. That's taken such a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They just got to be like the volleyball team, huh? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey, the black shorts are great. I I love those (laughs) girls. Yeah. They're doing well. Hope it continues. would they beat Penn State the other day? They did. Yeah. Beat them in four. It was a great match. You know, that's another one. Ross Rose, he always plays as close. And to beat Penn State, that's a quality win. We needed that one.
0: Well, I think with that, that's a good place for us to end here, Nathan. And uh, I always say, if someone wants to get in touch with you, you're not necessarily in sales. the guy that's putting the product on the shelves. Yep. So if there's a product that you need, you can just message Nathan. Yep.
1: You can just call the office and my extension is 5564.
0: See that? He gave it out to you guys. So you give him a call. He'll get that line <laughs> set up for you. That's all right, fun. Nathan. Thanks again for coming to the show and we'll catch up with all of you guys on the next episode. <laughs>